Hello, you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 10, Foxes and Cameos. Enjoy the show! Hello, I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And this is Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun. Hello, and hello international listeners. We've had a couple of messages in from people... Uh, flung around the globe and a few new followers on Twitter. So hello, uh, welcome to North London. Yeah, the weather's horrible, but we've all been watching the tennis. We've not been watching the tennis. I've actually watched barely any of the tennis. So this episode is our tenth episode. Woo! We're in double figures. Very exciting. It really is. Who knew we'd even get to episode two, let alone episode ten? We didn't, that's for sure. No. As we said last week, when we were both ten, we got a disco in yep. the church hall. I distinctly remember Volavons. We did have all of ones and sort of pizzas and stuff. And uh, and we got a cassette player each. I mean, we should say we're yeah. not twins. I mean, on our separate birthdays, except I got my cassette player when I was nine. Well, bully for you. I think maybe because by that point I already had some tapes, so it made sense Possibly, for me to have yeah. one. I've got lots of things. I've got a George Formby tape that you didn't want anymore. I remember that. That was really good. I got that with my Walkman for Christmas when I was about seven. I love George Formby. (laughs) For those of you who don't know George Formby, we'll put some links on the show notes, but I urge you. I mean, if you are from countries other than this, you will find George Formby very strange, but he's a a stable part of the British diet. Um, But I also found a story tape I had made myself of me reading stories. Oh, my greyhounds which i'd like to say is never making it to broadcast and i haven't listened to this but i distinctly i know i did this one of my favorite books was called Ms. the Ms. Wiz stories and was she a teacher yeah she was a witch she was a teacher um, and uh, there was parents' evening, and there was a bit about them eating a really soggy quiche. So I remember sitting saying this really soggy quiche, and then I ate a banana quite close to the recorder and went where, <laughs> and then carried on. <laughs> so you got the sort of noise and then it just carried on wow i know um so this fortnight we've been up to i've been out to quite a few films i went to see spider-man i'm not denying it on sunday that's good i've heard mixed things it's a film about a man who's a spider-man what it's just a bit of when people oh well this plot's a bit don't worry about the plot you want to see a man in quite tight spandex uh crawling up things and fighting a big man that looks like a lizard so i went to the national to see the last of the housemans yeah which had Julie Walters in, um, and she was very good. Uh, I thought the, the standout performance was from uh, Helen McCrory. Helen McCrory. Basically, she was meant to play uh, Bellatrix Strange, oh, and okay. then she had a baby, so we got Helena Bonham Carter. Um, and Rory Kinnear was also really good in it. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It's quite long, but very good. Well, and the set is, as usual, at the National. Absolutely fantastic. I also went to the BFI. Excellent. Rosie has returned to the BFI Triumphant. People to see the apartment uh, and I went with an old friend who I'd not seen in about three years and Tom uh, <laughs> and who I had not seen in about three days at this point firstly Tom and I had a burger and a pint on the south bank from the BFI sort of they had a little burger stand next to it uh, I had a glass of Pims £6.50 well I went to see the apartment um, which for some reason you spelt with two P's in the show notes and uh, that's <laughs> Jack Lemon. <laughs> And uh, Shirley MacLaine, it's part of Shirley MacLaine season Mm. at the BFI. So The Apartment is a film uh, about a man who um, lets his bosses use his apartment for trysts with young ladies. 
um, and it's really good, <laughs> really funny. And also, there's a bit where I thought, blimey, there are a lot of extras in here. This is very clever. He's, he works in this big office, and they've got this big, expansive office. And then I read that the way they did it was all forced perspectives. So the desks got progressively smaller, and by the end of it, it was just rows of children. <laughs> so they just used progressively shorter people, and then they had just children at the back returning to work in the office. Also, I have finished Tristram Shandy. Hooray! We've watched quite a few films, actually. We watched Shall We Dance the other day, which is a Fred Astaire and Jim George's film. And we've watched Carefree yesterday. Yeah. That wasn't so good. No. They, well, they sing, they've written about three songs in it. Yeah. Don't bother with and that I'd, one. I'd seen it before, but I'd, for, I'd forgotten that it's a bit it's a bit slower than the others. But Shall We Dance is really good. And we watched The Gay Divorcee oh, the yes. other week. Both of them excellent. And I'd watched Follow the Fleet a couple of weeks before. And we watched one of my favourite films of all time yesterday what was that Rosie Ratatouille it was very enjoyable um Ratatouille obviously he's a um, rat and he can cook it's amazing it makes me yearn for the French upbringing I never had and there's a beautiful French song that they sing and then he he do he gets set up with all these little beds on written little windows overlooking France and first he sleeps in an oven glove and then little chef gets to sleep in his own little apartment window I think Lovely. actually in my top five Crank is out of there. It's definitely Ratatouille. Oh, thank goodness for that. The world well, can rejoice. Crank gone. Uh, it's all about an animated rat again. Um, and you also actually watched Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. Yeah, which I said, I meant to mention this last week, and I forgot, frankly. Because you said it was better than I remembered. Uh, yeah, two two, pod, two episodes ago, I said I mentioned the fact that we've recorded teenage, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. I was going to watch it, and I'd seen it before, and it was surprisingly good. It's surprisingly average. Wanted to see whether the character that's a bit dowdy has a makeover, so I just fast forward it to the end. See, she doesn't really. She put on a dress, no change from the clavicle up. Um, but there's just 15 minutes. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure a full 15 minutes of Lindsay Lohan which, on stage, which clearly this was a point where they thought we'll launch her as a pop star. And uh, we also guide wise. It's the last meeting of term tonight. Yep. Barbecue. Barbecue. It's going to be indoors, isn't it? Indoor barbecue. Um, And the last two weeks we've uh, had climbing and archery. Also making juggling balls, which led to a lot of split peas being spilt all over the floor of the guide hut. So, uh, oh dear. Awkward. And I am wearing my cam blanket. Yeah, you are. But more of this later. You know what else we did? We went to a garden party. We did go to the garden party. We went to the guide garden party. Yep. The, The church we meet in allows us to use their hall for free. Um, so we just turn up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We just turn up once a year and um, and run a stall at their garden party. And uh, previously we've done the teas for the last sort of few years. And then we've um, this year we run an ice cream and sweet stall, which allowed us to go to a cash and carry and bulk buy. I should never be allowed Brilliant. to cash and carry because I lose my mind and start. Even my chocolate bars that average at thirty five p each. Chocolate bars cost like 60p now. I remember when a chocolate bar was 40p from a vending machine. Anyway, so that was good. And thankfully the weather held. And um, I didn't get as covered in ice cream as I thought I was going to. I just let the guys get covered in ice cream. During the first five minutes, I thought, oh, this is going to end very badly. And also, uh, I learned that... That's fine. It doesn't. It didn't get any worse from there. In fact, it got better. I have a one Coke float limit. I had a Coke float. For those of you who don't know a Coke float, get a glass of Coke, put some ice cream in it. Why not? Why not? Um, drank that down, felt quite good. Now the weird thing is it keeps foaming. So you have to keep drinking and getting rid of the foam because otherwise it will expand and overtake the cup. It's like some sort of ghastly science experiment, but it looks like um, the scum that you get at the beach. It kind the, uh, of does. Where the waves break. It tastes fairly similar. So I had that at the beginning of the garden party and then I thought, I have another one. I'll have a half, I'll have a half. Um, and I had about a third of it and thought, oh, I wish I were dead. Beach scum, beach scum. What's your song, Jessica? It is The Middle by Jimmy Eat World. So our top fives this week are uh, 
Well, how do we even begin to explain this? I think it started because I said, let's do the top five things that appear in films. <laughs> um, now, the correct word, I believe, is a trope. Yes. So this is a, a sort of repeated uh, a thing. If it can, I, it can be, appear in um, films and TV. Yeah. And basically any form of media, really. It's doing. easiest to see from when we give an example. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's my turn to start. Yes, it is. I'll go and pick this uh, an obvious one. Montage. So uh, this is in no particular order, but my top five are is the montage. Um, so you can have obviously training montages and makeover montages, and uh, those are sort of the two you might think of. But also the time passing montage. So a training montage is, I mean, the Karate Kid. Yeah. Kung, Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda is an hour and a half long training montage. <laughs> uh, a, f- a feat that's never been seen before or after. Perhaps, although Kung Fu Panda 2 may be just extended training. Makeover. Uh, well, there's St. Trinian's has a proper makeover where she goes through the three different or four different types of look of the St. Yeah. Trinian girl. But I would say the best makeover is the spiritual makeover that Elle Woods goes through in Legally Blonde where she buys her laptop and she gets all smart. And obviously the best character in... Legally Blonde helps get a book down from a shelf. Yeah, and something called Play the Musical, which uh, which was at the end of a fringe a few years ago, had a live montage in it. Yeah, it was a musical with a live training montage. It was amazing. It was genius, and it was really really well done as well. Um, so my next one, the scene after the credits, or the Muppet moment, because on all Disney videos you got in the nineties, after the credits they'd have a Muppet moment, which wouldn't have anything to do with the film. But it would just be a moment from the Muppet Show, and so it would come up and say a Muppet moment, um, and you get any any film where you stay till the end, and you were rewarded for staying till the end. There's one at the end of Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, I think there's one at the end of all of them, but there's kind of a crucial one at the end of the third one. Pirates of the Caribbean three is conceivably the worst film I've ever seen. I my hatred for Pirates of the Caribbean three knows absolutely Six no and bounds. Half hours of my life I'm not going to get 7 back weeks again. I'm never going to get back from watching that 3 months uh, I spent watching that film 2 years I spent watching that um it's still on now it's still going we've not even reached the third act yet so this is just down as oh good for them i like watching a film maybe a big blockbuster or just a big hollywood film and you see somebody and you think oh well, you know this is good and maybe they're a british actor maybe from the television or somebody who who thought was going to be really big and they didn't you know necessarily become a very big film star and now they're back I like that. Like, uh, the main villain in Spider-Man is Recifance. Now, I'm sure he's done a lot of things. Yeah, but he's done a lot of things. I kind of think, ah, it's the funny man from uh, Notting Hill. But you think, oh, it's this funny flatmate from Notting Hill. And now he's the main, like, a comic book. It's, it seems an odd part for a comic villain. It's like the fact that Martin Freeman, a small role in Love Actually, thought he, he was in Hitchhikers, he thought maybe it'll go from there. In the no, In the office, sort of lots of little bits. Sherlock. And then now he's in Sherlock, and now he's in The Hobbit. He is the Hobbit. He is the Hobbit. And you think, oh, good, excellent. The boy done good. Now, this one is the band, which comprises three parts. How the band got together, getting the band back together, and what happened to the band after they got together, or where are they now? Yeah. So uh, the band, is, as in how the band got together, is actually the name of the first episode of Maid Marian and Her Merry Men, the seminal CBBC classic, 90s classic. When we say band, it, we mean group, not necessarily a music band yeah um, and then getting the band get back together is like in the last of the Blom Bomb Shells who are actually a band who are actually a band and they were the jazz band during World War 2 and then they're going find them more yeah. and you have to go to various places basically uh, the new Muppet film is getting the band back together yes. and uh, and the Muppet movie from the, the first one from 79 that's how the band got together yeah and then uh, my last one is apparently 
amazing unexpected cameo. Yep. Now, there's one in the Muppets that we won't discuss who it is, but needless to say, if you've seen it, you'll know that there's a, a duet between a man and a Muppet. Yeah. And there's a point where someone turns up and you think, oh my goodness. <laughs> We're not saying anything because we know um, a, a few people who listen to this podcast um, who won't want the spoilers. Often as well, if it's if it's somebody who is um, somehow linked to it in another way, like they wrote the book or yeah. the film. So Jessica, your top five. My first one, as usual, in no particular order, uh, Where Are They Now? Yep. Which follows on immediately from your the band one. Um, so that can be done in a number of ways, either as an extra scene at the end of the um, end of the film, like set a little while later, or as a kind of um, just kind of captions over the like in Legally Blonde. Like in Legally Blonde, there's a scene set a bit later, but they just have captions over the um, sort of over the characters to explain what they're doing. Like at the end of Nine to Five. Yeah, sometimes they'll have a scene which is set sort of several years later to kind of sum up. But I can't think of an example for that. Well, I can. And like... It's the worst one ever. The epilogue to Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Oh, yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Where are they now? A really good one. Bill and Ted. Oh, yeah. Um, they have. Oh, that's that's one. That's kind of, they have over the credits. It's Bogus Journey, isn't it? They do that one. Yes. To sort of tell you where they ended up and the Grim Reaper is a famous jazz musician and all sorts of things like that. Six Feet Under has a really good ending explaining how n- most nearly all of the characters die because that's the, that's the nature of the programme. It's um, not just a very morbid turn. <laughs> um, well, Six Feet Under, for those of you who don't know, is, is set around, centres around a, a family that runs a funeral directors. Uh, my next my next one is The Showdown. Yep. Brilliant for sports movies. So um, usually the underdog team is facing the, the big mean team. Yep. Um, examples, A League of Their Own, Bring It On, and Mighty Ducks I've got here. Whip It. The show down in Whip it. it. Quite often, as well, the team that you're rooting for will come second, but they'll learn a lesson from it. Like it's okay to come second, that they've they've made friends and they've learned stuff along the way. Yep. Bookends. Yep. Um, that's where the the film or the t- this is really good when it's done in a TV series mm-hmm. ends in the same place it began. Um, so, for example, the Gilmore Girls. Um, the last scene of the Gilmore Girls is this, is the same as the last scene of the first episode of the Gilmore Girls with the two of them sitting in Luke's diner drinking coffee. With Luke behind With Luke sort of pottering around in the background. And it's also um, a clip that's in the uh, the last clip of the credits every week. Next one, Not Really Dead slash Triumphant Return. Yep. Where a character who you've sort of forgotten about reappears, in usually in the nick of time, to save something or do something heroic. Yeah. Um, or just turn up and go, oh my god, you're still alive. Gandalf. Yeah, quite often they're a bit of, it helps as well if they're a bit of a grumpy character and their their return makes everyone think, oh, we like them actually, they're really good. Yeah. Marvin the Paranoid Android. And this is also for people who you think are dead and then they're not. Yeah. People um, who have quit or people who have died. quit or people who have died and then they come back. Um, and yeah, so for a little while you think Marvin's dead. Like in Ratatouille, because Colette, I mean, she hadn't been away for a very long time, but Colette handed in her hat with everyone else. Yeah. And then she comes back and she, she and... Linguini. Linguini uh, and all the rats cook together. Yeah. And she comes back. I mean, she'd been away approximately four minutes. Yeah, Marvin, you think, um, I think he's dead, but he'd saved everyone in dying. Yeah. And then he wasn't dead anyway. Really no downside. It was was fine. Yeah. Um, a crowd scene or a mass arrival. Yes. Especially in situations where some of the characters think that no one is going to turn up for something like a protest or a celebration of something. And then at the last minute, loads of people arrive. Yes. Newsies. Newsies. They think no one's going to come and help them protest about the fact that they're not getting enough money. 
and then all of the children of New York City arrive. Uh, can I ask, why on earth have you written Fly Away Home? Oh, because that happens at the end of Fly Away Home. With the geese? Yes. No, they're going... I, I wrote it because I suddenly thought, I think this happens at the end of Fly Away Home. I thought you did research. They land... I did... I meant to watch it and then I forgot. Um, it's the end of it. They, they take the geese... The place where the geese live is going to be developed into something. There's an evil developer. Mm-hmm. So they land there and then they're um, hoping that there are going to be loads of people there to sort of stop them. And it doesn't look like it. And then just at the right minute, they all appear over the horizon and go down into the sort of quarry thing into the lake. And there's everyone and there are people like chaining themselves in front of bulldozers and stuff. <laughs> there's definitely a moment where someone sits in front of a bulldozer. Okay, good. So we're now doing honourable mentions. Yeah. Epic song choice. Now, usually this is something that is properly... This doesn't mean just like, oh, this is a good song. This is when something kind of kicks into gear and it's like, bam! And you think, this is going to be good! Yeah. The the example I have is there's a bit in the first season of Alias where, uh, for reasons I can't remember, they have to rob the Vatican, as <laughs> you do. So uh, Sydney and Vaughan get to the Vatican and they are breaking in, at which point, hey, to say I told you so, by the hive starts playing and it's just playing over it and you can't hear anything. They're just running around, smashing up the Vatican, stealing pictures. Yeah. There are a couple from Bill and Ted. There are. A montage, again. Yeah. Um, they've got uh, the first couple of people. They've got Billy the Kid and Socrates. It's under Socrates. Yeah. And then they off to get everyone else. And that starts with a montage when they go to get Joan of Arc. And Nelson, two heads are better than one, sort of kicks in over uh, standing in the crypt, praying. And there's sort of churchy music. And then mm-hmm. Nelson kicks in. Excellent. Um, yep. <laughs> I've written every single thing that happens in Scott Pilgrim. Um, and Napoleon Dynamite putting up um, all of Pedro's Vote for Pedro posters uh, yeah. to the theme tune to the A-Team. <laughs> so Scott Pilgrim is part of uh, where we say, you do, again, being on board with something. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim starts, and I'd seen it first, and Jessica and I went to see it, um, so I saw it twice in the cinema, and I was really worried she was going to hate it. And the beginning of Scott Pilgrim has them all sitting around, they're about to start practice. And then they start playing the music, and it's all incredible. And there's a really good shot where the whole sofa that they're playing in front of pans backwards, so it looks like they're on a really they're on a long way away. Yeah. And um, and this music's really good, and it's just an amazing thing. You just think really this good. film's gonna be great. It starts off very sedately with them sort of sitting around their kitchen table just talking. Yeah. Martin Sheen. I'm happy whenever Martin Sheen turns up in anything. Yeah, that's just because he's the president. Remit. Is Martin Sheen in it? He is brilliant. Carry on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we could frankly do a top five covers of Hallelujah because there <laughs> are that could. many, but it is spectacularly overused in films. Usually at the end of a film or at the end of a, a TV. It's never the end scene. of a series, no. at the end of a season, maybe. Yeah, and uh, usually when someone's died, usually Alan Dale of a heart attack. Yeah, Alan Dale dies of a heart attack in everything he does. Neighbours, Ugly Betty, The OC. The OC, I think he dies in. He's there to be a paternal figure who's a bit grouchy than dies. And we were once watching something, and we said, and I said, huh, bet they're going to blow me and play Hallelujah. Look at then they played Hallelujah. Not even that, the characters actually performed it yeah, at the party. The song was very strange. I fell off the sofa. Um, and then our last one is uh, minor characters who greatly outstrip the other characters in my yeah. uh, preference. Case in point, David Kidney. David Kidney is the best character in Legally Blonde, and I am still slightly annoyed that he isn't in the musical version. Yeah. <laughs> my name is uh, David Kidney. <laughs> He's really tall. He gets on a book. Uh, he's just really—he's eating a sandwich. He's amazing. 
that is frankly the only example I, I think can think of. Other but I know that there are characters where you think, oh, this guy's great. I have to say, again, watching Ratatouille yesterday, Skinner had some of the funniest lines. The little annoying sh- chef. Perhaps he lives in squalor. The rodent has stolen my documents. So, those are our favourite things in uh, films and television. Some tropes. There are many, many others. If you would like to uh, lose the rest of your life to the internet, Google TV tropes. TV tropes into Google. Um, and what it does is it lists... Uh, it will have a page for, say, a TV show, and it will list every trope that it has. And then if you go to the page for the trope, it will list every show or film or book or whatever. Trope is really just another word for cliche. Yes, it is. In many cases. Um, but I enjoy them. I love them. Anyway. So my song choice for the week is Bill Callahan, Night. How did you find that, Rosie? Well, um, Josie Long, my favourite comedian has a radio show called All of the Planet's Wonders shown in detail, which might just some of it still be up on the iPlayer if you're in the UK I this week. It. Um they, I think they definitely rebroadcast it either last week or anyway. Um and the first episode starts with the the intro to that song, but it's repeated so it just it's just a very simple piano refrain and it's really good. And that radio show is incredible. It really is. Um, and so it's a lovely song and it's called Night and it's the perfect song to listen to at about one in the morning. So in honour of it being our 10th show and us having had discos for our 10th birthday parties, uh, I've slightly insisted that we do a segment where we pick a disco song entirely for the name of the segment, which is, hey, where is disco going? Yeah. So we had no song, so I've just randomly picked a song uh, from Just Dance 1 for the Wii, which is Ring My Bell. So uh, yeah, that is where this is going. It doesn't work as well. Oh no. Needle unfed. Needle unfed. So I frogged loads of the jumper and haven't done anything to it because I'm in denial about it. Not the river. No. Right. Um, but I have found some ravelry patterns this week. Ooh. By which I mean my friend Mavis has shown me some ravelry patterns this week. And one of them is something that you had expressed an interest in making anyway. What is it? It is a knitted fox fur. Ah, uh, yes, I wanted one of these. So what this uh, one is, and we will link to it in the show notes, it is a knitted head... So like a stuffed animal's head. And then I think the body is flat like a scarf. Yeah. And then it's got little limbs. But what I would maybe do to it... Does it have a tail? Yeah, on a tail, obviously. You wouldn't have a fox tail without the tail. No, I just forgot that. Um, And uh, what I would possibly do if I were to make it is to not have the body flat, but to do it as almost like a tube. And there are also hedgehog mittens. Amazing. Exactly. So I'm, I'm definitely interested in making a fox fur. Put those I, on the blog, even if only so I can find them. Yep, yeah, will do. Um, you've been knitting your tea cosy. I have. I've continued with a new tea cosy. And I have done quite a bit of the camp blanket. Good. Oh, what? yes. I started to back my camp blanket. Yep. Um, because it's a bit fragile. I've put loads of badges on. I've moved... Lo- right. No matter how securely I pin a badge on, <laughs> it will move uh, approximately 20 degrees. Um, it will swing wildly. Yeah, it has a problem with rotation. It's really stupid, but I pin things on and they just move. So I've done. I've put all of the badges I had outstanding on my blanket. Right, I had my neckerchiefs for our unit that I had never put the badges on at the time because we meant to have your county silk and your unit on at the back. Yeah. Then I put them on to go on my camp blanket, and they were really wonky. So I'm just taking those off, putting them back on. Uh, I've got those to do. I'm going to wash my neckerchiefs, iron them, and I've worked out how I'm going to put them on. And I also have to put my silks on the back of my current neckerchief. So that is a little bit of an update on the uh, the needle and fed mm. front. 
I had... Now, I'm going to branch out to a cake that I didn't make. Go for it. I had a lovely New York cheesecake. Oh, that does sound nice. Uh, now, the the bottom was a bit... I'm not really in the cheesecake for the base. I don't think anyone is. Everyone is in the... Who is interested in a cheesecake for the bottom of the cheesecake? Well, sometimes it's crushed up biscuits. Yeah, well, that's, so, usually well, that's good when... Did you ever have the lime cheesecake that Granny makes? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's With the grapes on top. Yeah, obviously. Now that's good, but but that's because it's got several layers. A New York cheesecake. I might. I will settle. I will have raspberries or maybe blueberries in it, preferably along the bottom. So that's nice because oh, yeah. it sort of creates two layers, but it's in the mixture. So this cheesecake base I had, the base was very thin, which at first I thought, well, that's fine because I only really want a cursory nod to the fact that there's meant to be a base. But it was quite, it was dry. You know when you get a sponge and it just looks like there are too many bubbles in it? It looked like an arrow. It looked like a, basically, it looked like a sponge. As in, a bathroom sponge. Yeah, it was just, you know when people bring you a cake that they've made and you, you're very proud that they've made them a cake, but you think, you sh- you are not a cake maker. It made me think of that. Basically, no one makes cakes as well as our mum makes cakes. But I well I think yeah, but everyone says that no one makes no one makes cakes as well as anyone's mum makes cakes. But then my friends think I make really good cakes. I've tricked them. <laughs> <laughs> I bought them all. What you do is you buy a cake from Marks and Spencers, you shake it about in the box of it, and then and you put it in a tin. Put it in a tin. Obviously, everyone knows that. Um, <laughs> we don't do that. I've never done that. I can. I'd rather not bring or just or just bring a bought cake and say I brought a bought. I didn't cake. have time, everyone. I bought a cake. Yeah. Hope it's all right. I did that on Sunday. It wasn't a cake, it was just biscuits, so it's patiently obvious that I hadn't made them. God, you've got a very uniform cookie okay. bread. Yes. I've got really good at jammy dodges, everyone. Um, <laughs> Other jam-based biscuits are available. But why would you bother? You wouldn't, frankly. Oh, those biscuits where they're like the jam, but they're not like the jammy dodger is gooey, but then you get those ones where it's a very thin biscuit and then it's got the sort of thick sugar lumps on the top. Not lumps, but I was like just thinking thick about those and thinking, oh, I like those. But, but I'd rather have a jammy dodger. have a layer of cream in them? Some of them do. You see, I discovered I the other would. day... I think it's the down market ones that have the cream. If I discovered the other day that I could eat jammy dodgers, so I was quite excited. So you have. <laughs> so I have. Um, and in my mind, they had cream in them as well. Like a custard So cream. you bit into a jammy dodger and you thought, it's not cream in it. I th- I'd worked... You clearly haven't had a jammy dodger <laughs> no. for about six years. I'd worked out probably longer, actually. No, definitely longer. Um, I'd worked out already that they didn't have creaming because I'd read the back of the packet for the ingredients. Speaking of snacks, a new possible feature. Oh, it's definitely going to be a permanent feature if I have anything to do with it. Jessica's snack of the day. Today's snack, roast tomato hummus. I had a roast tomato hummus sandwich. Very good. Would buy again. Really good. Really nice on toast. Mmm. I would imagine that approximately 15% of everything you've eaten since you became a vegan has been hummus. Oh, probably. Almost certainly. We live in North London. I hate that joke. Yeah. Do you hate it more than I hate the British teeth joke? I don't think you can. Right, anyway. I also have a feature. (laughs) So bad, it's terrible. In which I valiantly attempt to defend something that is absolutely indefensible. I'm not talking about, like, fascism. So I get a minute to defend the indefensible. Uh, And this week we start with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, colon, the movie. So, Jessica, if you could bring up uh, a minute on your laser display countdown... Your minutes to defend the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the film. 
and basically descend into an argument with yourself starts now. The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is a series of comic books by Alan Moore in which various characters from Victorian fictions come together and solve crime and it was made into a movie uh, by somebody in 2003 or so. Alan Moore hates it as he hates all of his movies but they made it a really bad movie. They got Sean Connery out of retirement uh, and then he went into permanent retirement because he hated it so much. For some reason they made Tom Sawyer a character, he's not in it, and they made a character a vampire and it's just really bad and it could have been really good because you could have had a really pulpy, schlocky film but it was just terrible. Um, I watched a trailer for it recently because I was trying to watch Down With Love and at the beginning they'd overdubbed a character who is English in the film in the trailer he's American and going wow this is a problem why would you do that you're clearly trying to sell it to the wrong audience also they have a steam powered car uh, also uh, it's a bit strange and uh, although it's quite good there's the Nautilus but some of the graphics are really awful and it's just really poor and it goes on for about four years and uh, yeah it's not very good and Alan Moore hates all of the films and I videoed it off the television and thought I like this so much I'll buy a copy on DVD except I did so in a Greek airport so the DVD is in Greek it's really bad so uh, that it didn't even that not, was that was not in any way, shape, or form a defence. That was really just a barrage of complaints. Oh, I mean, that was really setting up for a rebuttal, wasn't it? So maybe next week I'll think of something. I actually the problem is I quite enjoy that film. Yeah. Don't ever announce that in a comic book shop. You will not get the response you're looking for. So um, stuff we've seen this week. I think that people should go and watch the films that we said we've seen, and then also go read a PG Woodhouse book. So uh, what we've seen this week um, is a, a channel on YouTube, um, which is a set of hair tutorials. They post a new video every Friday, and they're called the Loopy Locks. Full disclosure, I do know one of the girls that makes it, but, you know, what can you do? Um, and they're, they're really good. I tried one of them the other day. And it was a, a very effective tutorial. I did a back French plait with messy buns. Lovely. Yep. And you can find them on um, Twitter and uh, Facebook as well, I think. But that's the Loopy Locks. Um, so we also do an intermittent feature of recommending podcasts and this one really doesn't help anyone who's you know struggling against uh, podcast adversity because it is from the BBC but I really recommend the food program podcast or yes. just the food program in general if you are around on Sunday at 12 30 yep it's, it's on earlier in the week but I only ever listen to it on um, Sundays on Sundays at 12 30 um, and what it is is it's a half hour program about food and it's they talk about all sorts of different wide-ranging things yeah. Yeah, so they'll have something about street food, they'll have something about American beer, they'll have something about uh, a specific farm that does a certain scheme. Yeah. Yes. There was a whole episode about yeast. Um, fascinating from start to finish. Uh, presented by the lovely Sheila Dillon. So do listen to the food programme. Yeah. Okay, so we will be back next fortnight for the final episode before Edinburgh. Ooh. But more of that then. And that's how for now. For now. To find out more and to look at our show notes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter, The Day of Fun Show. You can listen to our shows on Mixcloud or you can download us from iTunes. See you soon! <laughs>